I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The The Grim Mystics. You know, and you might remember from the last podcast, we were like, we're not going to take another break. And then life happened and we took another break. (laughs) Well, actually, it's my fault because you, in case you (laughs) forgot, actually had a child. Um, So you were entitled to a break. It's actually my fault because I had plans. I still have plans. I still want to do them, but now I just want to do them with Amber. And then, and then, so it'll be like me and Amber plus like a guest, right? I just think that would be so fun. So we can tell everybody that the plan was Leslie was going to like have people on and just like talk to them about horror stories. Yeah. Right. And like fun cases Mm -hmm. and like, and just get their reactions and, (laughs) you know, have normal people. That's like not me and Amber's Mm -hmm. reactions because... I think we're broken. We don't give we don't give the the normal no. reaction. Yeah, we're know? like super into it. We need to like have some people who are like this is disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> what like something is wrong with you? Yeah, you know that's what we're looking for. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, and I just think moving forward, we should no longer say like, "We'll see you next Thursday" or whatever. No. You know? if it's a gift right when it comes you're like oh i'm so surprised it's just a pleasant surprise yeah like we are just gonna keep you on your toes and honestly like good on for the people who have a podcast and are consistent because like i just can't get my life together to do that (laughs) i just can't get my life together and i mean until someone wants to like pay us to do this it's unrealistic Mm -hmm. like your girls got bills yeah Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and like my plan went too was to read a bunch of stuff and, you know, get ahead of it. And that's unrealistic for a first time mom who thinks she's going to get a lot of shit done because honestly, for really anyone, I'm not a mom and I I, I wouldn't do that either. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get all this done. And I did not get any of it done, but I got to snuggle my baby um, for pretty much two and a half months uninterrupted. So which is so worth Mm -hmm. it so so now that we're talking about rav okay if you don't if you don't care about the baby whatever we have a baby now so this is a part (laughs) of our new reality and we're gonna talk about rav so like skip i don't know skip like five or so minutes whatever um and if not then you know there's your warning and don't complain if you don't (laughs) well and i can do a little quick recap so um we what are the stats we had our sweet baby girl brought into this world with an emergency c-section um her heart rate was being a little wonky which was expected because i had a abnormality with my umbilical cord um so we were warned uh that she might not be able to handle contractions like a baby with a normal umbilical cord so when my water broke um her heart rate kind of did a roller coaster it would be up really high and then it would drop really low we got to experience how quickly uh, nurses work (laughs) when there's an emergency (laughs) and they're really good at not worrying you either like my nurses were great they were just like we're just checking our heart rate and it went from like zero to like 300 within five minutes like oh my god yeah like but it was kind of like I wasn't worried or maybe I wasn't understanding that I should be because my nurses were just so (laughs) laid back they were like we're just checking her heart rate's doing weird stuff and then all of a sudden I've got seven nurses and they're placing a catheter and they're throwing scrubs at Craig and my doctor is explaining um, c-section and I'm signing things um, about if things go wrong what to do and they did that all within like probably two minutes Honestly, that's how you know that like you are me- you are in the right yeah. position because someone in that field should be calm mm-hmm. and like reassuring and like thank goodness for those nurses because yeah. I can't imagine if they were frantic. Yeah. Like how your reaction and your experience mm-hmm. would have been. Yeah. Well, and I, I loved all my nurses. I think um, there was one nurse that was a little frantic. Um, she couldn't place the catheter, so she had to get help. So that was oh. a little. And then she steered me into a wall while they were driving me. Oh. <laughs> was she new? I didn't ask. She was literally not on my rounds until then. And she left. She mm. was like involved with getting me to the OR and then she wasn't a part of my story anymore. So, oh my. but she did, she did make a joke and she's like, I'm a better nurse than driver. And I said, great. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she wasn't my main nurse. So I honestly was unfazed. Um, I also think that because um, I had gotten the epidural probably like an hour before my C-section. So I was on drugs. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah. So I was, I went from having a pain like rating. Uh-oh. I'm going to bring her over here. Also, she's going to be a part of our podcast life. So you're going to hear her. Sorry if that is triggering for people. <laughs> we have a baby now. Yeah. This is just who we are. She was napping and she woke up. So we're going to get to hear her eat as well and may i just say that just shows like moms are amazing if you're about to like tell me so because this is your story this is your case mm-hmm. all while feeding your your infant child <laughs> well, and monitoring your husband <laughs> <laughs> luckily he's watching football he's pretty content <laughs> <laughs> he's self-soothing yeah, self-soothing <laughs> um but yeah, so then we went in for the C-section. Um, I have to say a big shout out to my anesthesiologist, Josh. Josh. He was awesome. Like Craig and I both love him um, very much. He So I got the epidural um, and luckily I did because had I not and they broke my water and I would have had to have this emergency situation. They would have had to put me under, which is much more dangerous for mm. mom, but also Craig couldn't have been in the operating room. So our daughter would have not ha- been like held, um, yeah, for by one of you too. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. would have, uh, eventually they would have obviously, but it would have been a little bit longer. And, um, any parent I think wouldn't want that <laughs> situation sure. to play out. Right. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And plus, and there's just, if you can avoid going under, why wouldn't yeah. you? you know? Oh, yeah. So. yeah. so I got the epidural and my pain went from like an eight or a nine to not knowing I was having contractions. So I'm I'm a big advocate for like the drugs. Do it. <laughs> for drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm a big advocate for drugs. Okay. Yeah. So anesthesiologist Josh, yeah. Josh, you know, that, I mean, that's a mouthful. But yeah. if you're listening. Yeah. You know, it's like on Baby Mama when she's like, what's the street oh, name oh, for this? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, we just need an anesthesiologist, Josh, in our lives. Yeah. What's the street name for this? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but he- Just kidding, Mom. I don't do drugs. <laughs> but he was super awesome. And he actually um, noticed, so there's something that your adrenaline kind of kicks in, and it can happen when you're having a vaginal birth or a C-section. Um, and it can happen uh, based on a reaction to the epidural, like pretty much your adrenaline kicks in and you can start shaking, um, which I did. So I had the shakes and Josh noticed. So he got me a bunch of warm towel or warm blankets and he wrapped them on my head and put them on my arms. And then he realized that someone forgot to go grab Craig. So he sent a nurse out to bring him in. He took pictures of us um, while we had uh, her on my chest and he was just really great. Um, He came to check on me in the recovery room later to make sure I was okay and I learned from him that the anesthesiologists are all over the hospital they are not like he doesn't have a set spot so he needed Mm -hmm. to come to me because I wanted the epidural he needed to stay with me because we had the emergency c-section and then he was literally called to trauma like within Mm -hmm. five minutes of me having ravioli for sure yeah I've had a lot of anesthesiologists in my life Mm -hmm. they're they're good peeps and they're fun because they just like you said come in they administer drugs make sure you're good and then take care of you okay I'm out of five yeah and like he stayed obviously because he had to make sure that nothing changed while I was having the c-section he was literally just hanging out telling us she was beautiful and congratulating us like he was our literally our hype our hype man we loved him what a little cutie yeah so um i don't know if anesthesiologist josh is single or looking for a partner but he is in the colorado area and if anyone who gets to be with him is very lucky because he's a sweetie oh that's so cute (laughs) maybe maybe he should just listen and then you know he can be one of our special guests i know i forgot to like (laughs) brag about the podcast while i was in labor Damn it. Oh my God, Amber, how dare you not think about our business whilst growing your family and experiencing the gift of yeah. life? Damn it. Uh, an actual miracle. Yeah. yeah it, how dare if you? If I get lucky to have a second one, I'll make sure that I have like stickers or something to pass out. Oh, thank God. That's all I ask for. 
<laughs> but yeah, so he was very kind. We liked all of our nurses. We got really close with one of our night nurses. Just great um, experience overall. And we got to spend time with her. And we are very spoiled. So uh, ravioli came into the world at 22 inches long and 8 pounds, 7 ounces. And absolutely perfect. And it freaked my dad out a, li- out a little bit because she was born at 11 21 you know you know the connection yeah so so close to the witching time but i think that if we would have had another generation of 11 11 like my dad would have had a stroke <laughs> yeah but she has a lot of similar i mean her number sequence though mm-hmm. 22 inches long she was what eight seven there we go yeah yeah i mean she just ha- had and then the time mm-hmm. and then july uh, third, you know, it just, it just all. Yeah, it was a lot. Well, and if anyone who follows us on sh- social media, I did post, I reached out to Emerald Sun, who did my tarot reading and kind of gave them a breakdown of all the numbers and stuff like that. So definitely all the numbers were there, um, just not in the sequence I expected. But yeah. Which I love that. Mm-hmm. Your spirit guides were like, nah, bitch. Yeah, they're like, you, you, you think you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, no, you don't control yeah, this. We're going to throw you a curveball. Exactly. So yeah, so we had our two-month appointment a couple days ago. And Ravioli, I don't know why. My husband is like six foot three. And I don't know why I didn't register that I was going to have giant children. I just... <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. No. I feel like that would have been like, should have been your yeah. the first thought. I know. I was like, I'm petite. <laughs> They're going to tick after me. (laughs) 50%. Yeah, there's a 50% chance, but we are definitely working with a tall girl. Um, She is uh, 23 and a quarter inches long, um, and that appointment was at the start of the week, so I'm sure she is 24 inches. If if not, she's probably going to be here soon. So I have a (laughs) two-foot-long baby. (laughs) That's fine. She's just going to have like Amazon legs and mm-hmm. just be perfect. Yeah, so. I know. It's all good. Yeah, she's going to do this like model behavior shit. And I'm going to be like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> here's the, here's the me, mom. Just my little petite yeah, legs. Yeah, me just <laughs> running after you and your father. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so she's almost two feet long and she's 12 pounds, uh, 10 ounces. So she is Aww. growing. But we do not have a roly poly baby. Like she's got some rolls. Um, and she's got a double chin, but she is definitely not her length. She's evening out pretty well. You know, the double chin, I think most of us do mm-hmm. since COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, prednisone is my life, so I'll never have a chin, you know, a jawline, but like <laughs> double chins for life. It's good. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, baby. She's not used to the headphones. <laughs> She's like, what, yeah. what the crap She's is like, all this I, equipment? I can usually get closer to my mom. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, so she is perfect and we love her. <laughs> um, sorry, and trying to get a burp out of her. So you're just going to hear padding. Again, Leslie said we have a baby in our lives now. <laughs> right. So this is just the reality. Yeah. It's like a soothing, mm-hmm. thing, a soothing pad. Yeah. Now we're in ASMR uh, channel as well. <laughs> it's fine. I love ASMR. I, oh, it creeps I know most me people, out. Oh. I, know, I, I know it creeps a lot of people out. I love them. I fall asleep to them. I love like... Yeah, yeah. So we'll just add that to our repertoire. <laughs> well, I'll add it to my LinkedIn. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so she's pretty perfect. So yeah, so that's kind of her update. Um, definitely love being her mom and Aww. love having you as her godmama and auntie. Um, it's just it's the coolest, grossest. <laughs> magical sometimes lonely thing that you can ever go through like it's it's interesting like I used to think people who talked because I was a person who didn't want kids like literally Leslie and I grew up with me saying like I don't want kids and my husband mm-hmm. experienced me saying I didn't want kids and it took seeing him be a great uncle um to our nieces and nephews after we were married because even then four we had nieces and nephews before we got married and it wasn't something but after I realized he like was going to be my life partner and seeing him be such a caring person that's what changed it I honestly don't think that I would have wanted kids had my life not lined up the way that it did um with the person that it lined up with you know so my little soppy blah blah moment but (laughs) but no it's it's real though I mean it's like when when you're on the path that you're supposed to things work out Mm -hmm. a certain way and it may not be a way that you ever expected but it's the path that you're put on yeah and you just gotta either make it you know make it what it's worth and hopefully it's good and 
or if it's bad, then you can make it. Yeah. Make it good. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that I'm exactly where I need to be. And it is crazy, like hearing the sappy stuff come out of my mouth that I used to hear other people say, but it's true. Like parenthood is going to just totally drain you and be the most fulfilling thing on the planet it's like the craziest oxymoron i've ever been a part of (laughs) so but that is rav's little update and we told everyone to skip forward five minutes (laughs) and it's 20 (laughs) yeah so hopefully you have hit uh fast forward long enough or we've convinced you to listen (laughs) (laughs) one of the two (laughs) but yeah so that's motherhood and i'm just excited to get back into the podcast because i feel like you know anyone in life it doesn't have to be a parent but anyone in life can it can kind of get, you know, drony and lonely and you kind of get in your routine of going to work and passing out and being exhausted and all that stuff. So it's nice to break up our routine and get something fun back in it because this podcast gives me life. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I agree. I've It's like becoming an adult, right? You're balancing your new life. You're balancing your work life, your personal life, your family life. And it's like, but you still have to be able to find time to do things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, whether that's like using your creative side, like that's how this is for me. Like I, I feel fulfilled in my creative life when I do this. And so it's like, yeah, you've got to find those, that balance and Mm -hmm. exactly that good, good, good shit. Good shit. The good shit. Well, so let's go ahead since we've been 20 minutes in (laughs) and you got to hear about my life. Let's get into the good shit. Leslie, will you tell everybody where we're going on the map today? I'm so excited to tell you where we're going on the map (laughs) because we are going to Henley upon Thames. Is that right? Tom's Thames. Thames. Uh, in the UK, Amber already told me it's in the UK. I love UK villages, <laughs> like Henley upon Thames. I'm I'm picturing like some like storybook, you know, fairy tale. I'm I'm excited. And you told me it takes place in 1720. It does. So well, so 1720 is when the person is born. But correct. Hell yeah! yeah. I'm so excited. So a little shout out to the UK. So I didn't give a clue. Uh, so Leslie has no idea what I'm talking about. But we actually. I talked to you about wanting to do this one a while ago. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. And I'm, but that was a lot. You said, but long you, time. you've confirmed, mm-hmm. you confirmed it was a long time ago. Yeah. I can't tell you what I did yesterday. <laughs> I, I can tell you what I did. I spent a lot of money on fall pumpkins at Hobby <laughs> Lobby, but um, for the most part, yeah, I, I'm, I've been racking my brain. I have no idea. I want to give a shout out to one of my coworkers, Kim, who got me as my secret Santa at work and she got me the coolest calendar I have ever received and it is all true crime so every day is something about true crime so I told you a while ago I have not changed the calendar because I got really into this quote (laughs) and I didn't want to forget it and I didn't want to rip the piece of paper off and lose the piece of paper so I have not changed my calendar since April 16th (laughs) I do I do vaguely remember this conversation now that you've mentioned it so I'm going to read the quote that got me interested in this case it's there's like a part of this calendar where it's in their own words and they'll quote like murderers and stuff like that so Mm. this is what this is so it says for the sake of decency gentlemen don't hang me high (laughs) this was done by uh said by mary blandy it was her last words before being hung for the murder of her father oh so the reason that she requested this is because she feared spectators might look up her skirt once she was dead hell yeah she did because men are trash Mm -hmm. So, and her case got a lot of notoriety at at the time and after. So people from all over, there were hundreds of people who came to her hanging and were pushing forward to watch her perish. Gross. Also, I, can I just say, I love Mm -hmm. the, um, the twistedness of this, that you just bragged about how great your father, your husband is the father (laughs) of your child. And now you're about to tell me a story about a woman who killed her father, who I'm assuming was a terrible human being. Or, okay, the pause, or she was terrible. Okay, either way, I'm excited for the twisted, you know. I, it's that morbid. It's, it's just us. Yeah. It's just, you know, the gruesome. This one, this one, I don't know where I fall. So it'll be a fun oh. one where I think we'll have a discussion afterwards. Okay, plus um, it's, an, it's an old-timey case, which, you know, I get a boner for those yeah. those historic, tr- you know, crimes. Yeah, so. no, I love these. So I want to say where I got my information first. So, of course, um, Wikipedia. I. You said it right. I did. <laughs> you did. 
I <laughs> see. I feel like it's just interchangeable. Like I don't know. <laughs> it just comes out of your mouth. Yeah, whatever I just, feels right. Yeah, in the moment, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I did go Fair to enough. her Wikipedia. See, now I don't even know how I said it. Wikipedia. There you go. <laughs> um, and then I went to um, a website for called Berkshire History, okay. um, or Royal Berkshire History. Uh, crimes and curiosities Tumblr page. Uh, the history channel had a little blip on her, and then I also found a Reddit because I am hip and <laughs> using that more. And it's You're so hip. I know. <laughs> it's honestly because I'm just like when I'm putting my child down, I read like mom Reddit threads. <laughs> so, okay, fair enough. Um, but I'm broadening my horizons and getting into the spooky stuff. So um, this is on the Reddit thread, the gritty past, or the Reddit page. I don't know what they call it. And Spice Princess Zen is the oh. user that posted this. All right. Yeah, she's the OP, as the kids call it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I seriously have like a um, have to Google like the shortened things that the people on Reddit use because I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> oh my god, I love this for you. I yeah. love that you're um, adding this to your vocabulary. You Thank know. you. Thank I'm just you. so excited. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting hip and everything <laughs> that I'm into. I'm usually like five to ten years behind. <laughs> it's fine you're getting hip just in time to be a mom yeah exactly so my daughter's (laughs) gonna love my um vocabulary by the time she can talk (laughs) a cool mom yeah yeah i'm not a regular mom Uh uh-huh you doing okay oh and also uh ravioli has learned how to get her boogers out of her nose by wiping them on my boob while i feed her (laughs) you you can't see my face because i don't have a camera but it's a face the beauty of motherhood (laughs) That sounds lovely. And for our readers, the reason this dawned on me is because there is a... Our our listeners. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Who also read things that we post online. See? Circle it back. Uh Uh-huh. The reason this is present in my thought process is because there's a big booger hanging between her nose and my boob. (laughs) Delish. (laughs) But um, we are going to talk about Mary Blandy. So Mary Blandy was born in 1720. We do not have a date um, of birth for her. It just said oh, everywhere sure. I looked, it just said 1720. Wow. Okay. And she was, uh, born in the 18th century and she, her background, she was raised, uh, to be an intelligent, articulate woman. She loved her parents. Um, her well. father, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, this case is, there are two forks in the road in this case. And there are two, there are two ways that people side with this. Okay. So, We'll see where you fall at the end. The suspense. I'm, I'm dying to know. Yeah. So she lived in Henley, is what it's called for short, her entire life and was well-respected, well-mannered, and a well-educated young woman. Um, her father's name was Francis and her mom's name was Anne. Uh, they had w- her only, so they were upper middle class uh, because of that. And I believe I read that her father was uh, like a lawyer um so again upper middle class definitely Mm -hmm. not like royalty but not slumming it yeah but they're they're just fine right yeah they're fine they're getting by yeah so they were a happy family she lived at home um she was 25 when this story kind of started which in that world she was on the old end of finding a husband Right, because back then, you know, they married you off at like 13 and Mm -hmm. because we love, I'm not going to finish that. Yeah. Anyway. No. Yeah. Like, it's just what it is. Uh Uh (laughs) So to, for her, it was kind of surprising. She, you know, there was one um, article that said she was not plain or ugly, um, but she definitely wasn't like beautiful. She was just (laughs) kind of in between where she was okay to look at, I guess. Oh, gee, thanks. (laughs) What a lovely description. Yeah, so great there. Uh-huh. Um, and she, but, you know, she. I think what I read was she had a long face. That was her problem. <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, the Everything else status. was fine. Okay. Jean yeah, Carey. so she, yeah, she just had a long face, and I don't know what huh. is long. <laughs> right. 
you know. Um, but she was well-mannered and well-educated and was well-respected person in her community that she grew up in. Cool. Did she have a job? No. I, no. Okay. No. They don't have jobs. Well, I know, but <laughs> usually, the, I mean, the man, the men would work, but if she's not married, I guess that's why she's just living with her parents. Mm-hmm. So exactly. she's a spinster. Yeah, pretty much. She's Sick. just an old 25-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> the ripe age. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, in 1746, Mary met Captain William Henry Cranston. Mm, a captain. Um, he was a captain in the uh, armed forces, and he was from Scotland. Mm. They were together for seven years. Without marriage, which was kind of surprising. <laughs> did you hear my gasp? <laughs> I did, yes. Collect your pearls, grab that hanky. Um, they were living in sin, people. <laughs> oh, my God. Unheard of. Unheard of. Unheard of. Well, and so her parents liked the captain. Like, they really enjoyed him. They invited him to live with them, which I feel like is kind of surprising. They're like, sure, live in sin under our roof. Yeah. Huh. Very progressive. Yeah, he wasn't a wealthy person. Like I said, he was in the armed forces. He was a captain, but, you know. Yeah, they probably, I don't think they make good money now, so. No. Yeah. Yeah, so nothing's changed uh-huh. um, in the 18th to the 21st or 22nd century, wherever we are in the world. Although maybe, sorry, maybe they would make more, though, because, like, the amount of careers now, like, now we've got computer careers. Like, back then mm-hmm. it was, like, slim pickings, you know, you could be, like, yeah. a farmer or a butcher or like a soldier i feel like it was yeah Yeah, basically five choices (laughs) yeah if you're not born into royalty yeah Yeah. Uh uh-huh and so i think that he i think that he had a a better job but he definitely was not living well um is what it sounds like so here's where we got a couple forks in the road i should say so here's where the story splits so it claims that francis her dad was a lawyer in town and her dowry, which is still a thing, was 10,000 euro at the time. Okay. Now, some of the sites that I read, that was where it ended. That was her dowry. The Reddit that I found, who the person didn't cite everything, unfortunately, but um, I know. Cite your sources. I know. Um, like I saw I cited sought you <laughs> i sought you yeah i don't know the uh term for that what's the past tense yeah yeah so <laughs> they they found that while he claimed his daughter was worth oh. ten thousand euro gag he his estate was only worth four thousand. Oh, okay so he's like i can't i can't basically pay you what she's worth yeah Okay. Which is confusing. So I, I think they liked him. They liked the captain in the beginning. And then there's this split where either she was, they did have an estate worth 10,000 euro or they didn't. I don't really know. So for me, though, I don't know what, if they did like him, why they were willing to let her marry below them. Because the whole point is to get them married into something usually you want your daughter married into a higher rank so then you don't lose your estate Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i don't really know i mean like i watch bridgerton so i kind of get it but i don't know (laughs) well okay so i did google i'm not gonna lie when you first brought it up just so i could like have the context and yeah it Mm -hmm. says property or money brought by a bride to her husband on their marriage so basically he oh okay okay so they're basically paying her husband to to take her Wow, I don't like that. Okay, so she's saying, like, this girl, you know, that she's worth 10000 but I can only essentially pay you four grand. Oh, so no wonder they liked him because they're shooting out low. I guess. They're basically going to fuck him over because there's, they're saying, even yeah. though she's worth, even though I should give you ten grand, i am only able to give you four grand. Yeah, and, and it was kind of like alluded to the, the father was trying to lie and make it seem like he had, he was better off than he was. Francis. Yeah. But again, then there are some like the history channel, which I trust because they have like professionals uh, looking into this. I mean, ancient Uh, aliens is on the history channel. So, (laughs) well, okay, so maybe (laughs) I shouldn't. (laughs) But they left it at a 10,000 euro dowry. So either way, he would be coming into some money as a man who had none. Sure. 
it's interesting because her father wasn't trying to stall the marriage. Obviously, she's letting him or he's letting him move in. They're, you know, living together before marriage. Like they seem very uh, progressive family. Yeah. um, At this time. In one of the things that I read, it was found that the captain was writing letters to his wife in Scotland. Oh. So the captain was delaying the marriage, which is why they're not even engagement, but just their, you know, uh, what's it called? Where they're like chasing after each other. Like the chase. I, don't, I mean, yeah. or the, the there's courtship. A the courtship. Thank you. Her. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a reason kind of on both ends that the courtship was allowed to go on for six or seven years. <laughs> so he went. OK. I mean, is he planning on getting a divorce or does he just want his cake and he wants to eat it too? Like, does he So want- according to everything that I found, he was writing his wife letters requesting that she accept an annulment. Oh, OK. He had a daughter with this wife. Um, and they lived in Scotland and he joined up in, you know, the military and was traveling around without them. And the wife refused his annulment. Um, in one of, in the Tumblr, uh, post that I found, it claimed that she actually came to the town and like caused a ruckus, but I couldn't find anything other than that Tumblr post saying that. I mean, honestly though, I don't blame her. Like this dude knocked her, knocks her up and then fucking leaves her. So she's a single Mm -hmm. mom. And then he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I just decided I don't like you or my kid. So I'm going to actually marry this, this bitch here. And I'd be like, uh, no, like who's going to pay my bills? Who's going to like baby daddy? Hello. You owe me something here. So I can, I'm kind of on her side. Yeah. And we'll owe me too. 100%. The wife's so 100% in the right. (laughs) And if he's a low means person who became a soldier and worked his way up in rank, most likely his wife did not have a large dowry if Uh she also came from a low rank. So it's kind of like he used wife number one to, um, you know, just do what he probably was looked at as what was needed to do at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once he moved up rank, it's like, well, I'm better than the no dowry that I got, I need to find a woman with a dowry. Well, you know, like speaking of like Bridgerton Outlander, right? Like I'm just going to make this a show. So maybe he was just a freaking loser, right? Like he just, Oh yeah. and and what if like she got knocked up prior to them being married? And so then they had to get married Mm -hmm. because he, you know, he was like a little punk. And uh, so Netflix hit us up. We have a great idea for a a show. That you're already doing. I know. Like, but, but it's different. I mean, it, you know, different characters. But hit us yeah. up, you know, because yeah. I feel We've like we're onto it. something here. Yeah. <laughs> so either way, like, he's clearly okay with living in sin. So that's totally plausible that he and his wife might have had issues um, coming with their child and the their marriage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. So totally plausible. Um, but yeah, he had decided that he was done and he wanted to be with Mary and his wife wasn't down with it so francis finds out about these letters obviously the captain is trying to be um quiet about this sure and francis because you know you're living in my house you're writing letters on my parchment and you're using my staff to send the letters right and you're probably having premarital sex with my daughter yeah telling me that you're going to marry her yeah, which I mean, if you didn't want that, like, yeah, you know, kids will be kids and do whatever, but. <laughs> yeah, but maybe he was, like, under the guise of, like, oh, well, I'm going to marry her, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. I I found out a little while ago that my mom was like, well, yeah, when you and Robbie moved in, like, the assumption was, like, you guys were going to get married. And I was like, oh, no, the assumption was, was like, am I, can I live with him without murdering yeah. him? Like, that was the yeah. assumption for me, mom. But yeah. no, she, <laughs> she was like... Oh, the assumption. See, and that goes to speak to different um, sure. generations, for right. sure. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, like, that's, like, the dad. The assumption is you're living with me for full free, you know, and... Yeah, you're so, going to marry my daughter. Uh-huh. It's like a yeah. guarantee for, for Francis. Yeah, which for Francis, too, he's got this daughter who's intelligent, not bad looking, but she's 25. And she has a long face. <laughs> and she's got a long face, unfortunately, those genetics. But she clearly, yeah, <laughs> unfortunate. But she clearly <laughs> was a catch. Didn't have as many options by be- because she was 25. Oh, true. Oh, OK. So he's like, you know, it's kind of this is our last chance. Because mm-hmm. back then that window to have children drastically shrunk at 30 well, yeah. even though now like we've got science and everything to help with that they didn't back then i mean right they usually like the life term was usually to like 37 <laughs> yeah and they were dead. so yeah so she definitely you know her her time was a ticking sure. in his eyes so that's something too he can't be picky about the suitor 
Obviously, he loves his daughter and wants to be picky. But money talks. Yeah. Well. Um, poor Francis. And, yeah. So, and yeah. It's just a whole situation. And uh, also, I just hate the fact that we're talking about a woman as property. But anyway. Right. Yeah. Like, we're talking about a man, two men trying to figure out her worth and find a way to get her on what was perceived as the right path. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should ask... Um, I- I totally forgot her name. What? Mary. Mary. Sorry. <clears throat> I was thinking Henley. Maybe we ask Mary, like, do you even want to be with the captain? Like, is he even worth your time? Or, you know. So she did love the captain. That okay. is one thing. She did enjoy him. Um, that's one nice thing is nothing really came up about her father. I'm sure there was a little bit of, like, trying to court her to sure. other people and stuff. Because that's just the time. But it seems, on all accounts, he was pretty content with his life it's not like he made her feel bad so she did find someone that she loved oh good and francis and his wife liked him until you know the wife and the kid came out (laughs) right until they found out and as any parent would i mean knowing that this guy's married already and making these false promises to your kid like that's not okay once a cheater always a cheater as well yeah so yeah exactly (laughs) Mm -hmm. so he he kicks the captain out eventually onto the street. The captain has nowhere to go, but he, he and uh, Mary are still seeing each other, even though Francis doesn't like it. And he's kind of okay with them delaying their marriage because he can't get an annulment from his wife. So no no priest or preacher is going to let him marry. Like this isn't mm-hmm. the polygamy, you know, ness. Like they're not going to let him them get married. So Francis realizes he can't force his daughter to stop seeing this person, but okay. he's not going to try to make everything go faster by trying to convince the first wife to do anything. Okay. In 1752, the captain is kind of this is the timeline where the captain's kind of kicked out and everything like that and he this is where the big fork in the road comes the story mary goes with is the captain gives her a love potion and this is the 1700s people believe in these things Mm -hmm. you know right and people still believe in them now it's not like it's gone away but he claims he's got a love potion and all mary has to do is allow her dad to be around this powder put it in his food put it in his room and he will eventually be okay with the captain and mary going through with a marriage and letting him move back in pretty much okay so according to mary she believes the captain that this is a love potion and she Mm -hmm. starts putting it in her dad's food um and leaving it in the house oh honey okay (laughs) so here's the here's the fork some people are like oh this is just a love-struck girl who believes anything that her you know love of her life is telling her to Mm -hmm. do and she does it Mm -hmm. however in the start of this podcast and in all of the information i found she is a well-educated smart articulate woman who went to all the right schools so she should have had the the cognitive ability to be like, mm, maybe I shouldn't put this random ass powder in my father's drink. Yeah, exactly. And she's putting, she's double dosing him. She's putting it in his food oh and God. his tea and uh, then leaving it in his room to be around. Yeah. But as I have made stupid choices. Yeah. Oh yeah. From thinking that I was going to be with someone or thinking yeah. that someone cared for me. I mean, 25 is a little old to be making those decisions but it still happens for sure it is really old i'm also Mm -hmm. curious if if she's described as like plain with a long ass face and i mean (laughs) the fact that that i i pray to god that when if i'm ever in like a history book they're not like you know uh sausage fingers and (laughs) um, right like i hope that's not included so the fact that it is makes me think that maybe she really was unfortunate looking um (laughs) yeah and so maybe this is the first time that someone of the opposite sex has even exactly given her attention yeah been interested well she went this long without a marriage proposal so yeah so and that's something too to say that while she is educated and articulate she was probably a little sheltered if she's still Mm -hmm. living with her parents she doesn't have a job this is the first is like the first boyfriend and all of that so like it to me it kind of sounds like book smart but maybe not street smart i 100 percent agree 
and I've, you know, I've met a handful of people who are very educated and have degrees that I definitely don't have. And sometimes I don't know how they've survived life. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm, I mean, but that's true. I, I, in the industry that I work with, I work with a lot of really techie people and they're super smart mm-hmm. and they know how to code a website, but they don't necessarily know how to carry on a conversation, <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah. So it's same thing. It makes sense. (laughs) So this is the fork in the road. Do people believe Mary? Do people think that she was actually more sinister in this? And they came up with the plan together. Like, that's the great debate of this case. I am sitting on the side and you'll we'll get your opinion at the end, obviously, Mm -hmm. because I have a little bit more opinion, more information than you do right now. But I'm on the side of I think she is book smart, but I don't think that she is uh, street smart. So I think that it is very easy for her to be persuaded by this man that she loves. Okay. And without any knowledge that I have, I mean, we're without any knowledge, with the bare minimum of... With the knowledge you have. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where I am right now, I'm on the same side. I think it, you know, that dick good. So she's going for it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So this is all happening in March of uh 1752 and shortly after she starts putting this love potion in his tea and in his food and just making it present in his life her dad gets sick shocker (laughs) Mm -hmm. surprising i know um did not see that coming well and uh, this is this part where two and two should be adding up one of the people hired in the house to take care of her dad eats his leftovers pretty much that's kind of like part of the gig is he gets to eat whatever dad doesn't and drink whatever dad doesn't you know really great living situation okay yeah that doesn't sound like a very good gimmick but you can have this basic uh, need of eating (laughs) yeah you can have the crust of the the food that i eat (laughs) person uh i don't like to i don't it said servant and i don't know if i like saying that but that's what they pretty much were um so the servant got sick too okay and i I changed my mind a little bit about Mary because she's got to know if that's part of the deal that her dad's workers are going to eat the food. I mean, she doesn't want them in love with him and, yes. and Captain, you know. Yes. So, hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of one of these things where it's like two and two should have been put together. <laughs> that was a funny sound. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I was trying to think of how I wanted to word this. Uh, two and two should have been put together and... They should have realized, or she should have realized, I guess, that maybe this wasn't a love potion. Or maybe she's, I guess maybe she's dumb. I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. But also, when someone is showing signs of illness, it's probably too late. (laughs) Right. They're probably already poisoned. So. Well, and she continued to put this in his food, even when he was sick and bedridden. And he, at one point, was in a coma, according to one source. And Oh, honey. She called for a doctor, so she kind of, it, it's kind of like she realized too late. Luckily, the servant, or I guess it was never said, but I don't think the servant, the servant got better in um, something that I read, I believe. Well, they weren't getting it nonstop for multiple yeah. meal, meals a day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and who know, who's to say that dad's got enough leftovers every time? Right, right. So. Yeah, he's just getting the scraps, so. Yeah, so servant is better, um, and then the dad goes into a coma. Mary calls for uh, their physician, and the physician is like, um, he's something's wrong. Mm-hmm. This isn't a normal illness. Um, he was fit as a fiddle, and now he's not. And when the doctor said, like, what's going on, Mary did tell him, my fiancé, or wannabe fiance gave me a love potion. I've been putting it in his oh. food, and the doctor was like, "You could be the person put to jail in jail for okay. this." <sighs> is the defense that she's so fucking dumb that she just doesn't understand, or is she truly that stupid to literally tell the person that's treating your dad, "Oh, well, I've been giving him this powder, but I thought it was a love potion." Like, are you that stupid? That's the qu- that's the question. Yeah. That's the question. Is she that stupid, or or is that the yeah. the um? the angle she's trying to play case yeah Yeah. Hmm. yeah so doctor pretty much says like you could be implemented for his uh because he did uh, unfortunately pass away so the doctor's like you could be implemented for your dad's death um and so then mary burns letters from the captain and tries to burn all the powder oh (sighs) i know okay 
Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, one of the maids saw her acting fishy and was able to salvage a package with the powder in it and not let Mary know she had it. Oh my God. I, this is, should be a show. I'm telling you, Netflix, hit us up. I'm <laughs> the drama. Like, I'm just, I'm, you know? I'm, I'm imagining, like, you know, the, the workers just being sneaky and going through her drawers mm-hmm. and she's just a stuck up bitch who basically murdered Francis. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm literally, the yeah. whole, the whole show is just unraveling in my brain. So, right. Netflix. Well, and so then the, um, maid did bring the powder forward, um, to the police. The police, uh, arrested Mary on March 3rd of 1752 and was put in prison. Uh, the guards treated her very well. She was very kind to everybody and she wasn't necessary. It wasn't described as like a sociopathic, like upset, like not upset. It was just more of a, she, she understood that she was going to get charged for her actions. So again, this is the moment of, for me, I lean towards she's just that dumb. Yeah, but I mean, if I really was that dumb, I just don't think I would just, I, I guess maybe she knows that a bunch of men are going to make her decision and she's a woman. So it's not, it's probably mm-hmm. not going to go well either way. I guess maybe she's just coming to terms with the reality, but I just don't mm-hmm. think I would lay back where, you know, lay on my back and just let them kill me if I genuinely didn't know what was going on but she I think it was the doctor saying like you're the you're the reason your dad's dead oh so and I mean this is a very religious time so I'm sure she wanted to just come to terms with her sins and try to make the best of it Hmm. there was a lot of reports of her not being not be she was emotional she was upset about what she did you know, she did have a self-preservation moment where she tried to burn everything. And when it came down to it during her trial, she told them everything. The captain gave me this powder, told me it was a love potion. I was putting it in my dad's food and drinks and leaving it around him. And he got sick, you know. I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but I am curious to get the captain's side of this. Well, I'll tell you now, the captain went into hiding. Oh, so he knew. Because I was, I was yeah. going to say maybe if, if he was going to play the part of... He oh, was swindled. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I just got this, you know, from this gypsy or whatever. Again, again yeah. Netflix, I'm nope. coming up with crazy characters, <laughs> but... Um. He went into hiding. Um, he fled the UK and he, it's claimed that he went to France. So he knew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But what was the point of killing the dad? Because he... He couldn't get him. He couldn't get married on his. It's. It wasn't like Francis that was stopping them. No. Yeah. It was. I, it was more. So I don't think he was worried about getting married. He wanted somewhere to live. Oh. Oh. Okay. So he didn't. He didn't yeah. give a shit about getting married. He just wanted. No. Okay. Okay. He wanted somewhere to live. Uh, um, because he was pretty much out on the streets after that. Wow. Okay. Hmm. So he fled to France and. For whatever reason, the UK, um, this town, whether they didn't have the capability or they didn't care to have the capability, um, they did not try to bring him back. (laughs) They were like, we're content with just killing this woman in your place. Yes. Have a great day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I'm sure he could try to argue if he would have stuck around, he probably would have tried to argue like. I never did mm-hmm. that. You know, she already burned the letters. Like, the, the the staff was not able to save that. Right. Like, she's obsessed. Why are you so obsessed with me? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to be with me and was mad at her dad for not letting me stay there. You know, all this stuff. So Damn. he ran. Yeah. So he ran to France. And then the reason that this case is one that is very historic and still, you know, talked about is because this was the first time that a chemist did a forensic profile on a powder oh shit because they had the powder that was used none of not all of it was able to be destroyed and they were at a point in history where chemists and scientists were starting to try to do forensics and like identify what chemicals are how cool in the 17 i mean it makes sense you know you see it on these shows but it is kind of crazy to hear that it actually did happen Mm -hmm. it had to start somewhere right yeah Uh uh-huh cool it's 1752. This chemist is looking at this powder. Now they're not sophisticated by any means. And he pretty much just lights it on fire. <laughs> okay. Solid. And he's able to deduce from lighting it on fire and the smell that it emits and all this stuff that it was arsenic. <gasps> so it smelled like almonds. Got it. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Oh, you didn't? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Arsenic smells like uh, almonds. Oh, <gasps> weird. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Nope. I could be trust, wrong. Trust your gut. Don't do that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you I know this information. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then that makes a little bit more sense if it did have a specific smell. I've never mm-hmm. smelled arsenic, so I wouldn't know. Oh, <laughs> I, I haven't smelled it either. I just, that's what I've heard. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then what's interesting too is 40 years after this case, they actually did their first, the first forensic um, study was done where they were able to start identifying chemicals. So it was kind of like a little ahead of its time and it got a little bit more sophisticated 40 years later where they weren't just lighting shit on fire to see what happened. <laughs> That's pretty cool though that, I yeah. mean, but you have to have those pioneers, you know, to make yeah. those first studies and do those first steps. So yeah, it's like, you know, the first person that walked up to a cow and said, I'm going to drink what comes out of your udder. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but How it's cool true. though. Yeah. <laughs> So he, this chemist, and unfortunately the chemist um, in my research is never named, um, but he kind of was part of the trailblazing to forensic um, studies. And I mean, lighting stuff on fire is the pebble that rolled into the boulder that is what forensics (laughs) is today. How fun. That's really cool though. Yeah. So that's kind of why this case has notoriety. Because I mean, yes, a woman murdered her husband, whether it was knowingly or not. Her dad. her dad, sorry. Um, I <laughs> yeah. was looking at my husband's. <laughs> oh, my God, Greg. Slip of the tongue. <laughs> uh, Clap no, twice if you're in danger. Yeah, I love my husband. He's not <laughs> in danger. <laughs> um, but he, so this case of murdering a father is not huge. Um, it is rare that it's a woman, um, which is also why it got a lot of notoriety. Mm-hmm. But really, the reason it's talked about is the fact that they attempted to find out what he was murdered with sure i mean yeah historically scientifically it's got it hits all those bases but yeah that i mean it's kind of a crazy case though yeah well in the history of policing back then too like they didn't know to keep crime scenes you know as they were and stuff like that so this is also the first case where someone was able to take something from the crime scene and give it to the police and the police didn't fuck with it yeah, but I mean, it's still pretty shitty police work because yeah. as you've told me in the beginning, I think she hangs <clears throat> and you just mm-hmm. told me that he has fled and doesn't get caught. So, yeah, I mean, still shitty police work, but shitty police work. <laughs> Can't but, have it all, I guess. <laughs> but at least, you know, the police didn't throw away the powder that the maid was able to save. <laughs> Thanks so, for you doing know, 50%. We're, yeah, we're, we're, now I was going to say we're working in the lower 10%. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, she gave able- it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this chemist is able to say this is arsenic. So then what we, you know, at that time, they do know arsenic is not good to ingest. Uh-huh. Um, so then the case is pretty cut and dry. And in April of 1952, um, she's sentenced to hanging and she is called a murderer. Shit. Well, I would be curious if she was one of the first in like that tiny ass town, one of the first women. Oh, yeah. I think a, the, a reason it got the notoriety is she was, It's it was very rare to have uh-huh. a woman as a murderer. And people, it did say hundreds of people from little towns around did come to her hanging. Gross. So, it's yeah. F- fucking disgusting. Which is, but it, in, in the time. No, I know. It was like used yeah. as like entertainment, but it still grosses me out. Yeah. I mean, and it's still used now, you know, people who are still on death row. Um, True. Y- you can have people go, people can go and watch uh, euthanization, all that stuff. It's not something I think I would ever want to do, but. <laughs> no, I'm not it's, a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. And it's not as open to the public as it obviously was back then. Sure. But, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, so people from hundreds of towns over came to watch her hanging. Um this is what I find interesting about her. She took her sentence with grace. Um, she, I think she just accepted that she was part of her dad's murder, whether she intentionally meant to do it or not. She was the person that gave him the powder and she accepted that she did a crime and she needed to be punished. Well, and as a responsible woman, like you said, mm-hmm. she needed to be held accountable and whether yeah. it was her fault, whether it was, you know, with malintent, like yeah. you said, at the end of the day, she she was the one who gave it to him. So, yeah, I mean, good for her. And it, of course, it's a woman, but, uh, you yeah. know, we can admit <laughs> she, her faults. <laughs> yep. She can step up to it and not run away like or the person she supposedly loved. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that probably fucked with her, too. 
Oh you, yeah, like you she have this just man did this that shit. You, yeah, you have this man that you love, you trust, and then all of a sudden you're taking the fall. Like, right? She, I, if I were her, I mean, it, there were no accounts of it, but if I were her, I would be pissed. Well, and I'd be like, first of all, you lied to me about this powder, mm-hmm. so there's one lie. Then you've left me, you've abandoned me to reap these, you know, percussions, and then, mm-hmm. and yeah, you, you're in your pussy, you can't even come to my face, and yeah. So she's yeah. probably like going through the heartbreak. Mm-hmm. My God, the the emotions, this poor woman. Yeah. Probably had. And then to be handling it with grace. She was mm-hmm. very kind to the guards and everyone. And so people cared about her. Like this was not something that the guards were happy about. Um, and it's interesting because she got a lot of special treatment, which I did read in one article. This changed like five years so she was able to request food and drink and then in the uk five years about five years after it got changed that prisoners for, uh, who were convicted of murder only got you know bread and like <laughs> well water like it was very like they huh. were not taken care of she was able to request food that she liked and drinks that she liked and she was treat she was one of the last people like as a murderer treated as a person well, and not as a prisoner. Well, so she's rich. I'd be curious yes. if that has something to do with it. She's Maybe also, and a woman. I w- yeah, I was just about to say. I'd be curious how many other women were in jail at that time. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. not many. Yeah, so I'm sure so. a lot of the guards were hitting that gentleman thing where they weren't yes. trying to treat her like trash. Exactly. Um, because of who she was. That's true. But it is interesting that you know th- there was a law that was passed that she wouldn't have been treated well. It, yeah, because that's of what she did ridiculous but yeah so she was able to request um she had her makeup done uh the day of her hanging hell yeah um, she did she was hung on easter sunday of oh. 1952 uh or i'm sorry 1752 <laughs> 1952 she's been a long hear, time <laughs> i didn't even hear the date i was distracted by easter that's that's some oxymoron there right so she requested she was able to have a full face of makeup she did her hair she had one a a very it was called a posh hat um Mm. that she wore on top of her done hair she wore a silk gown and she even um wore black tights in case her bowel released um and she didn't want to be embarrassed oh my yeah So um, she went to the hanging and again, her final words, I'll read them, was for the sake of decency, gentlemen, don't hang me high Um, because she was worried that the people uh, would try to kind of yeah, look up her skirt and be look disgusting. Up her, yeah, look up her skirt and all that stuff. So she and the guards um, complied and she actually, uh, it did not take her long to pass. Oh, Un- my God. Unfortunately, her bowels did release. Oh, my um, God. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Okay. I know. Me too. Um, it was weird reading. Uh, this was <laughs> yeah. only in one account. So take that as you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at this time... Um, Prisoners were still able to be, uh, they were buried in marked graves. That's something that also changed five years later. Anyone that was hung actually uh, disembodied and buried in unmarked graves. So this is a luxury she got that a lot of, um, I mean, whether they're murderers or not, I think a lot of people were put away for crimes they didn't commit at this time because the investigation wasn't there. And they're also still human, so, like, they're still people, and that's just fucked up. But as much as I talk shit about serial killers, like, I don't expect their spirits to be at unrest because of the, you know, Mm -hmm. they still deserve to have their name on their plaque. Exactly. So she was able to be buried between her uh, mother, who died eventually, and her father. Um, And she got a plaque and a grave site and everything. Um, But because they weren't doing the process they were doing five years later, she did not have a casket built and ready to go. Um, Prisoners did have caskets built and ready to go right after their hanging. So it took six men to carry her body to the area that they took care of that oh my god and so yeah. oh but they, so she did have a casket eventually it just wasn't yeah. ready yeah Ew. because it was something that they did in an afterthought i see in the uk where they would make sure they had a coffin ready to place the body and then do all the horrible things that they used to do to it i mean at least they didn't just put her in the ground and you know yeah eventually she'd get like washed up or yeah. something but like hundreds that. of people watching as six men carried your body disgusting yeah, yeah. you through a crowd body. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like the opposite excitement of crowd surfing. (laughs) 
I'd be I'd be curious how her dad, how Francis would feel about her being buried next to him. You know, I know because like again, it's just dependent on what you believe happened. If I'm, I'm sure his ghost is like, um, bitch, I didn't invite you to this party. Like, yeah, I mean, you're the reason the I'm dead. <laughs> kind of situation. The story of Mary. Um, oh my gosh! So how do you how do you feel about it? It's a um. I don't. I have so many. There are so many emotions. Um, the the fact that she had to say that, you know, don't don't hang me high because she was afraid that people would look up her dress. Mm-hmm. Think I think is a a tell of the times, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> that grosses me out. But um, yeah, I genuinely think she just was stupid. Yeah, she just was blinded by attention, blinded by love, mm-hmm. and let. And I'm curious if Captain. I don't even remember his name. I just know he's captain. Um, if he's like pretty persuasive, um, you know, yeah, probably a little punk, a little asshole. Obviously, he's not the best father or partner since he knocked up one woman and then ditched her in a totally other country. So um, I think she just, yeah, I think Mary just made bad choices. Was easily influenced by her surroundings. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally, completely agree. Um, I do want to let you know, Captain, um, this, all of the sources said he died of po- in poverty shortly after he fled nice. in France. So I don't know how they found that out. That's like the ultimate, like, have the day you deserve. <laughs> so that was the um, kind of end of the case. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, nothing was brought up about the first wife or the daughter. I'm going to say uh, it's good that he didn't run back to them. And uh-huh. uh, clearly they are better off without him. Because <laughs> yes. who knows? That's something, too. If they would have gotten away with this, who knows what they would have, what the captain, I shouldn't say they, but what the captain would have attempted. Right, right. Because I can only imagine if if they had actually killed Francis and he had moved back in and they continued living. I mean, it was going to run out of money eventually. Yeah. If he didn't, if he wasn't making very good money and mm-hmm. it was just Francis because he was a lawyer. Like, yeah. The money was going to run out eventually. Yeah. Which I mean, clearly then it's like the captain was not thinking forward. He was just hoping to find somewhere to crash right there. So typical, t- typical killer move too. thinking so irrationally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So and I think that too, the captain is clearly the one to kind of set your sights on him being a shittier person. Obviously, sure. Mary still did it. But I think she was completely just like you said, blinded by the attention, the love, everything mm-hmm. like that. So influenced, mm-hmm. definitely influenced. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that is the case of Mary. Um, I think well, it's, hot damn. I know, I think it's interesting because clearly like it was kind of, like I said, a pebble <clears throat> that started the role towards what we have today with forensics and also very unique in the time to have a woman be charged with murder. And I think that with this one, if we, it would have been happening during our time now, it she would have been a, an accomplice. They would have gone after the captain completely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would have gone after both. Like I said, just lazy police work. Yeah. And, uh, and I, just knowing the time, I'd be curious too, because she was a woman, if they... I don't know, just felt like they needed to go after her and not him because he was a man. And I, you know, I don't know. But well, and I think, too, because he wasn't in the area, you know, they were writing letters to each other. He was out on his own. So who's to say he was even in that town when it was happening? If you know, you know, you know, it's arsenic. He's on the run. Like, I probably would have been like, you know what? I need to kind of get away from town to try to find something to live in. Like, I'll give you my I'll send you my new address when I figure it out. And I, Here's my forward address. Yeah, <laughs> and who's to say that, you know, he didn't kind of hop around a little bit and he would just send her a letter and, you know, she might not have been able to communicate back either because he uh-huh. probably was hopping from place to place. So you can Gross. you can send someone a powder and tell them to do something and be countries away. Right. And if you love and if she loved him and trusted him, then why wouldn't she? So, yeah. Oh, gosh. Exactly. Yeah. So that is Mary's case. Unfortunately, I think it's a a sad one for sure. And I think that it just goes to show what a woman um, (sighs) and man are willing to do when their backs are pushed up against the wall. But clearly, like what what this woman was willing to do while she felt she was in love with someone. Right, for love, all in the name of love. Yeah, and pretty much being ignored her entire um, teenage to adult life by the opposite sex has a lot to do with this case. 
Right. I mean, that's speculation. We don't, I, yeah. I guess we don't know for sure. But my assumption is, yeah, she yeah. probably didn't get, yeah. didn't get much. I would assume, you know, I mean, you know, it, it, your teenage years are rough, including in that time when all they're being pushed for is marriage and nothing else. Right. You basically, your only goal, uh, your, your goal or like your only purpose mm-hmm. is to just reproduce and yeah. have children. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So that's the, the case of Mary Blandy uh, and yeah (laughs) well thank you thank you for bringing that netflix uh show in my brain for the last hour and 14 minutes it it was really i'm telling you they should hit us up i know we Um, can add producer to our linkedin (laughs) i mean i don't have a linkedin so many things you don't you don't have a linkedin oh i do and i and i added that i was the co-host to this podcast did you linkedin (gasps) i did oh my gosh see i'm again behind the times i don't get the point of linkedin (laughs) oh i didn't either but in my new job you need it? I don't know. Yeah, for like networking. Yeah. See, I don't have to network. I, the eyes, I work at a company that's been around in, in the town for 100 years. The eyes come to us whether we want them or not. <laughs> well, right. Like you, uh, you provide a service that's like a, a, a healthcare mm-hmm. necessity, right? Yeah. But I just work in the automotive industry. There's nothing necessity about that. <laughs> so that's so funny, though. <laughs> I'm so surprised that. I don't know. I guess I'm just surprised that LinkedIn's a thing that people use. I thought it was just kind of a a vine or something that went away, but people still use it. <laughs> no, 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 no. People still use it for sure. Huh. See, and I huh. this is how I'm old school too. You said I'd add it to my LinkedIn and I didn't even think of that that I was going to say I'd add it to my resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's essentially like a digital resume. Really? So. Kind of. Yeah. <gasps> like you can get job offers on LinkedIn and all sorts of you stuff. You can? Yeah yeah <laughs> and oh. you can like send applications and yeah oh my god yeah no i don't have one of those <laughs> get on it well i've had the same job for you know a while <laughs> so you don't yeah, need i it, think i'm good. like seven years i think actually august i hit seven years in the industry so <laughs> oh my god that's crazy isn't that so. congratulations thank you <laughs> so yes. we'll come to another um thing where leslie teaches me about things that have been around for 10 years <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll get you there. Yeah. You know, eventually. I don't think I'm going to yeah. make a LinkedIn today. <laughs> That's fine. I wouldn't, I would not spend my Sunday afternoon making a LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So Leslie, I know I kind of sprung this on you that I was ready to jump back in the podcast game. Um, but do you have a clue for next week? I do have a clue. <gasps> oh my gosh. Look at us guys. We might not <laughs> be good at consistently p- coming out with podcasts, but we are prepared. We are prepared. <laughs> <laughs> all right what's your clue for next time after all of this time always well that's harry potter it is harry potter are you gonna talk to us about alan rickman because that'll make me cry <laughs> i'm excited i'm excited for it we're gonna have a good time <laughs> that pause people i might get something <laughs> we're gonna have a good time <laughs> Alrighty, friends. Well, we're glad to be back and I hope you enjoy our new podcast where there are more interruptions. Um, Even more than before. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.